Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. writing 2015 on my checks thank you all for tuning in tonight as we get you set for the year in pro wrestling so many things that have gone on during our hiatus we got a lot to get into on tonight's show thank you all hope you all had a happy healthy holiday season whatever you guys celebrate hope it was good hope you had fun hope you're on board for another exciting year of the ken reedy show check us out on facebook our Facebook page is at the Kenry. No, that's our Twitter. I'm already I'm, I'm so out of practice. Our Facebook page is Facebook.com. Duh. Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Again, Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. As per tradition on the Facebook page, we have a show chat going on right now on the page. So head on over there, get involved on the chat. Um, and later on during Monday Night Raw, we'll have a thread going on, uh, discuss Monday Night Raw live on our Facebook page, so head on over there, like us, get your friends to like us, we gotta build the likes, we gotta, we gotta get this movement, we gotta, we gotta move forward, we gotta grow the show, you know, so get on board, like us, get involved with the chat, and as I intimated before, mistakenly, but our Twitter our Twitter handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is at the Ken Reedy Show. Head on over to Twitter. Follow us over there. Lots of great tweets going. You never know what I'm going to be in the mood to tweet about over there on at the Ken Reedy Show. So get on over there. Follow me and get on board with the Twitter because that is the wave of the present 
And you can check us out on our website, thekenreedyshow.com. That is thekenreedyshow.com. Blogs, uh, picks, uh, we got fan picks. Send us your fan picks. We'd love to see what y'all look like. Uh, we post those over there on the website, so you can listen to the show through the website as well. So, again, that is thekenreedyshow.com. Had the privilege this past weekend during the hiatus, still catching some wrestling. Went and saw uh, the uh, the Pro Wrestling Magic. Pro Wrestling Magic Immaculate Deception this past Saturday night. And the one and only Steve Off from Pro Wrestling Magic will be joining us just a little bit later on. We'll get his take on things going on in wrestling and look at his plans for uh, 2016 uh, for both himself and his promotion, Pro Wrestling Magic. So without... Further ado, let's head out there to get my tag team partner on the line. Dave is on the line all the way from Connecticut. Crazy hiatus for you. Christmas, New Year's, birthdays to be celebrated, by the way. Happy birthday. Good to be back on board. How are you doing tonight, Dave? Thank you. The, uh, the, thank you for, you know, for, you know, the birthday wishes as well. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was uh was was. Much needed, very well deserved. Uh, not only from this job here, but from my regular job too, the one that pays my bills. So uh, it was, uh, it was, it was a nice time to get away. But I'm good to be back. It's good. I, it feels good to be back here at the Ken Rudy Show and doing what I love to do, talking wrestling. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. You know, it's good to be back. I mean, it's it was it was a nice hiatus. It, it was weird on Monday evenings, not. Uh, having to to get the show ready and get the outline going, uh, it was funny, man. I mean, when I for Christmas, you know, my my Christmas gifts were really a, a a mass of stuff that either had to do with Batman, Star Wars, or pro wrestling. If you saw my gifts, uh, aside from the size of the T-shirts, you wouldn't be able to tell me and a ten-year-old apart as far as uh, the gifts I got this year. But great stuff. Very excited. Uh, for my gifts, hiatus uh, wise, I also uh, got back in the ring for my second official wrestling match with IWF. Unfortunately, I came up a little bit short, so still trying to snag my first win in the squared circle. So I'll be getting back in there this Saturday night for IWF. So uh, come on out, come on out to Nutley, New Jersey. See me, you know, whether you love me or hate me, maybe I'll win, maybe I'll get my ass kicked again. So get tickets. Uh, CampIWF.com, or just come on down to uh, IWF and see us on Saturday night. So that's what's been going on with me as far as my hiatus. And uh, good thing, like while we're on hiatus, the wrestling world did not go on hiatus. Uh, lots of things to talk about, lots of things to discuss. And uh, I'd like to really thank the WWE uh, for, you know, considering the fact that uh, we were coming off hiatus uh, tonight that they would supply us with some breaking news. And I, I don't think it's coincidence that the WWE would choose to make this announcement on the day that our show comes back on the air. I, I think they, they uh, supplied us with this info on purpose. So I thank you, WWE. But uh, seriously, the breaking news of the day, um, Sting is going into the WWE Hall of Fame this year, uh, heading into WrestleMania uh, obviously, January hits. I know they say Royal Rumble is the official beginning of WrestleMania season, but uh, to me, really and truly, uh, the start of the year is really WrestleMania season. 
First announcement for WrestleMania weekend, essentially, first big announcement is the fact that Sting will be going into the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, Dave, I, I'm curious your thoughts on, on Sting. I mean, for me, and in, in the interest of full disclosure, respect the hell out of Sting, uh, respect his body of work. Um, I've never been a big Sting guy. Uh, he was he was never one of my favorites. I was never really into his character. Um, I thought the, the uh, Crow version worked really well uh, versus the NWO back in WCW. But he, he, I don't know. Sting was just never my guy. Uh, but I respect his body of work. Um, obviously, he he made more uh, history and more headlines and, and more success outside of the WWE. But uh, that's one of those things that I think we got to get off of as far as uh, discussing a Hall of Fame versus the WWE Hall of Fame. The WWE Hall of Fame is just a pro wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, Sting definitely deserved uh, going in. Definitely a, a big name to add to this class that's supposed to be a, a big WrestleMania. So congrats to Sting. Um, a well-deserved honor, Dave. You know, not saying that this Hall of Fame induction isn't deserved or it doesn't have meaning and impact, because I think to a certain degree it does. However, because of the stage that Sting's career has, because, I'm sorry, because of the way Sting's career has um, taken place in front of our eyes over the years. I mean, there have been numerous times where it had been rumored, and actually not just rumored, but Sting and even publicly admitted that he had a couple of chances to come to WWE. I think if he had came to WWE, there were two chances. There was one time in the late 90s, I believe, there was an opportunity that he could have possibly joined. Um, and then there was uh, in 2011, uh, for the WrestleMania in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome, possibility of him coming back and wrestling Undertaker and having that big dream match that everybody had been wanting to see. Um, I think if he came back earlier at those points, I think his Hall of Fame induction would have a lot more impact and more meaning. Not saying that it doesn't now. Like I said, it does to a certain degree. But like you mentioned earlier, his body of work transpired in uh, you know WCW, uh, the, the the later days of uh, the you know the Jim Crockett promotions NWA uh, he started out um, I believe wrestling for the Jarretts and Continental as the Blade Runners with uh, the Ultimate Warrior at the time uh, UWF Mid South Wrestling I want to actually I think it was Mid South Wrestling not Jarrett and the Continental uh, in Continental he might have had a run there but anyhow he had done a large portion of his work outside of the WWE and. Um, like like you, I wasn't the biggest Sting fan. I enjoyed his work. Um, I, he reminded me like a cross, looking back on it now, a cross between like a much more athletic version of the Ultimate Warrior, um, but he kind of had that like that aura that Undertaker has in WWE, being like the man, the measuring stick, the guy that everybody looks to. Um, the, the, the most reliable person. I mean, Sting was the go-to guy in WCW for many, many years. So um, a lot of great stuff he's done in his career, a lot of great matches, a lot of great memories. I wasn't the biggest Sting fan, but I did like his work, um, and I did like what he contributed to the business, and a very deserving Hall of Fame honor. I, I, I do wish, though, that um, his WWE career would have got would, – would, would have got, worked out a little bit better for him. 
Um, not saying that I didn't enjoy his match with Triple H at WrestleMania last year because it definitely surprised me what the two of them brought. But uh, I just felt like, you know, in the past year or so, like, things come back and it's supposed to be a special thing and it just doesn't, it kind of lost that mystique. Now he's injured. He might not come back and wrestle. Um, but Hall of Fame induction, definitely well-deserved. Long overdue. Glad to see it for him. Uh, that's really all I have to say about Sting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because, you know, I think him coming here and, uh, you know, his run here has has been fairly anticlimactic. Um, you know, uh, from, you know, fans, uh, you know, optimism, um, you know, just it, the run hasn't delivered and obviously, uh, you know, hit with injuries, uh, you know, well-deserved Hall of Fame induction. I mean, I'm going to be pumped to see him get inducted. Uh, I personally, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know, uh, if there's anyone else uh, outside of Ric Flair that should be inducting uh, Sting into the Hall of Fame, and that's who I'd hope to see uh, induct him into the Hall of Fame. It needs to be seen uh, when and if that announcement will be made uh, who will be doing the inducting. Um, but, you know, Sting right now, sidelined with an injury. Uh, do we see him? Is he healthy enough to, to wrestle one more time? Uh, do we see... Uh, you know, is this it for him? Is he retired? And, uh, you know, his Hall of Fame induction is, is going to wind up kind of being his swan song. Remains to be seen. Uh, you know, hearing rumors and, and, you know, you take all these rumors in the dirt sheets with a grain of salt uh, that we, they would want to do. Maybe Sting Undertaker at WrestleMania. Uh, you know, Sting post-injury, Taker where he's at in his career. Again, fun setup moving towards WrestleMania. Uh, I can't imagine those guys delivering, um, but then again, who knows? Uh, but it does bring uh, bring uh, you know a nice little segue as far as uh, some of the issues facing the WWE right now, and that is that injury bug. And you know, it, the WWE uh, over time has had their share of significant injuries to uh, main main event stars, uh, but it seems like it's really really bunched together. Uh, throughout 2015, when you look at the guys that are on the shelf and uh, uh, what's going to happen uh, at WrestleMania, and uh, least uh, least of which, uh, you know, probably the most important guy that's on the shelf now uh, is John Cena, who uh, they're saying most likely will miss WrestleMania. Um, you know, a guy like him on the shelf, uh, obviously he would be in the plans uh, for the WWE heading into WrestleMania in some way, shape, or form. So, at, at, at minimum, they're shuffling things right now to figure out what they're going to do at WrestleMania, who's going to take John Cena's place. Uh, the rumor that we we're going to see Cena versus Taker, uh, who gets that Taker slot, uh, if that, in fact, was the direction they were going in. But John Cena's absence... Uh, it's huge, and it's it's huge twofold. John Cena himself get, just getting hurt is a big blow to the WWE if it was just John Cena. But John Cena added to the list of, uh, like I just said, Sting, uh, Rollins, Orton, Daniel Bryan still on the shelf, uh, Cesaro. Um, it, it's, uh, the WWE is the walking wounded right now. And John Cena being added to the mix, that's a pretty devastating blow to the WWE, Dave. That's a great point you make. If it was just John Cena, you would have a supporting cast of characters, no pun intended, to fill the fill the void and 
step up to the plate in his absence. But you have him on top of the other talents that you had just mentioned. Now, Cena was rumored to be wrestling Undertaker. I'm sure that they are now reshuffling some plans. To be quite honest with you, it would not surprise me one bit if they have entertained the idea of Undertaker Sting if Sting cleared to wrestle. Okay, that's one. It would not surprise me. Over the break, it was announced that The Rock was going to be making an appearance at WrestleMania. Um, It didn't say if he was going to be wrestling. It just said that he would be appearing at WrestleMania. I would imagine that his deal was already set in place and what his involvement was a part of the show was already planned out ahead of time with The Rock and WWE. If it wasn't a non-wrestling role, I would imagine that with John Cena's injury now coming at this time period, the WWE officials have probably entertained the thought or have even approached The Rock about wrestling a match at WrestleMania if he could not be physically involved before the John Cena injury. Um, Those are just a few things that come to mind when it comes to the situation. Uh, you, You mentioned Randy Orton earlier. News just broke today. The Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer, reports that Orton confirmed via his Instagram account that he's not going to need a neck surgery like originally Meltzer had reported. Orton's saying that he should be back in a decent time period. WWE officials hope that they could get him back in between mid-March to early May, which means there's a slight, slight chance that Randy Orton may make it back in time for WrestleMania. What his involvement can be, I don't know. But because of the severity of his shoulder injury, I can't imagine him being involved in a very big, high-profile match. If anything, maybe he would be involved to add some star power to the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, or he'd be involved in some kind of tag match where he's got limited ability. But as long as his appearance is there and he's advertised to be on the card, it would be helpful for WWE. Daniel Bryan, okay, he's been out indefinitely since just shortly after last year's WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan has been cleared by two physicians, one of them the official doctor of the uh, Arizona Cardinals, and another physician that he had met with somewhere out in Seattle, somewhere out in the Seattle, Washington area. Um, he's waiting for clearance from the third, WWE, the third doctor, which is WWE physicians. The rumors that have been swirling in, in recent weeks, in recent months, I should say, is that WWE officials are reportedly very going back and forth on clearing Daniel Bryan, which means which could indicate that he may have been cleared already again by WWE doctors, but officials are worried about clearing him. So there's a possibility, and I'm not trying to get everyone's hopes up, but there's a possibility that they may be more inclined to clearing Daniel Bryan now with John Cena's absence. Um, Seth Rollins won't be available for the show. Cesaro, same thing. Um, And there's definitely going to be some reshuffling, I think, from what I understand. Cena, the news that Cena was hurt got got wind of WWE management on Monday, and that's why they made the decision to book Roman Reigns to defend the WWE World Heavyweight Championship in the Royal Rumble match, which is something that we will talk about in the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the Royal Rumble. But there is definitely some reshuffling. I would imagine that Brock Lesnar would have an even bigger role now than he, than he originally would have for WrestleMania. Same thing with Jericho. I think that's why Jericho's also back too. It wouldn't shock me if they have 
talked to maybe Batista, or they've even reached out to, you know, Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin about just entertaining the idea of wrestling at the event. Um, but my personal opinion, I think for this WrestleMania, because of the amount of injuries that they a good mix of veteran talent, some part-timers, as well as using some of the young talent, the Owens, the Ambrose, the Wyatts, you know, guys of, of, of that nature, mixing that up would be a good mix to really round out the card for WrestleMania. Um, because, I mean, the, this is, in most recent years, this is probably the worst string of injuries that WWE has had, and it's basically the majority of them have been main event or close to main event talent. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just crazy. And, and there's a couple things that you got to look at here when you look at this, this string of injuries. I mean, first and foremost, like kind of like you said, and, you know, in the interest of being fair, look, we've been critical uh, for quite some time uh, as far as creative and their build towards things. Now, when you have that star power going into WrestleMania, now granted, WrestleMania is kind of becoming the Super Bowl, and it doesn't even matter like who's, to a certain extent, it doesn't matter. People are just going to go. It's like a pilgrimage. You're going to WrestleMania. Um, however, you know, when you have that star power, you know, you can just kind of, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna half-ass throw a storyline together. But it's John Cena and the Undertaker, so. You know, it's a big deal when when you start to like you know decide, and I think it's a, it's a good idea. I mean, I agree with you, Dave. I think I you know you have a lot of fans that are just you know like give everyone a push, all the new guys just push them, and, and we'll be it'll be a whole new card. It'll be amazing. And, and some people on the other side of it, like let's just let's call all the big stars and bring them back for WrestleMania. I agree with you. I think you know a little bit of both, a little sprinkle in some star power. But but push uh, some of the new guys, some of the young guys. I I do think though, like again, like that that caution flag goes up where I haven't been impressed with what creative's been doing. And if you're going to, you know, move, especially for WrestleMania, we're not talking another pay per view. If we're going to move some of these younger guys to to an an, an upper echelon uh, to have a, a a bigger role than one would have expected going into WrestleMania. Well, you, you got to give me something juicy heading into that card. You got to give me something that's 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 going to really whet my appetite going in to to give these characters uh, some validity. And I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying in recent memory uh, that writing has not been there. So I would like to see you know a number of people get elevated, mixing the star power, and and maybe we get like a, a very very uh, different WrestleMania compared to years past. Um, so one of the things I look at, number one, is, is that, is can creative come up and, and do something uh, fresh and new with these fresh and new faces? And I, I'm not 100% sold. Or I shouldn't say that. I'm not confident right now. Um, I'd love to be, uh, but I'm not confident. The other thing I think, you know, you got to look at right now is the bigger picture. And we've talked about this on, on the show before. And, and, you know, Jim Ross has talked about it. And, you know, you'll, you'll look at, like, the WWE and where they've moved it's, as far as their style and the, pre, the PG product. And, you know, a lot of matches nowadays, uh, you know, the WWE product, and I don't want to call them spot fest, but it's a, it, it's a lot of spots. It's a lot of crazy maneuvers. Um, you know, the, the, the absence of, of blood, which, 
as much as it sounds like barbaric, you know, blood was a, a great tool for telling a story uh, when it's not overused. Um, you know, Jim Ross on his podcast talked about how uh, the current style, uh, especially in the WWE, um, when you can't use blood or something to that effect to help tell a story, then the spots have to keep getting crazier and crazier. And, you know, to the larger issue when, you know, now with the WWE seeing uh, the amount of injuries and the schedule that, that these, these uh, individuals uh, uh, maintain over the course of a year, uh, I, I do look at long, you know, long term, does the WWE have to sit down in their boardroom and say, look, we got we got to change up our styles a little bit. I mean, you know, when you watch some of the old school stuff, and, and the WWE Network is great for that. You know, I, I watch like you know Arn Anderson get in the ring and tell a brilliant story with with just some some chain chain wrestling, taking a powder a few times, and eventually winning the match. But nothing crazy. You know, the craziest moves is suplex. You know, you look at some of those old school guys, Ric Flair. You know, guys that like would get in the ring and they would they would they would adhere to the psychology. Uh, they they knew the psychology of how to conduct themselves in a match. They told a story. You were engaged as as an, an audience member. And when there was a blow off match, to give it a little bit more intensity, a nick on the forehead, a little bit of blood would go a long way. And you know, I don't think it's an accident that combined with the schedule. And the style of the WWE is contributing to this rash of injuries. And I, I think it's an interesting question, Dave, when you start to look at the WWE and, and you look at them going into WrestleMania and creative and the style. Uh, is this a time period where the WWE kind of has to sit down and say, all right, creative, we need you to step up here, number one. And number two, do they look at potentially at least uh, pulling back a little bit on the amount of spots that are going on on a day-in, day-out basis? Well, it's a mixture of things. I think I do agree to it to a certain extent that the style is definitely more dangerous these days. I think that equates to the fact that, like most people in our society, when it comes to something on television, something that's episodic drama, you want results and you want quick finishes and blow-offs like right then and there. I mean, you and I were Sons of Anarchy fans, and we wanted Clay dead by the fifth season. And then we had to wait till the sixth season, okay? You know what I mean? Like, we wanted him gone yesterday. You know, spoiler alert out there for those that don't want Sons of Anarchy and in hopes that they had to. Sorry. I didn't mean to spoil it for you, but just trying to make a point here is that fans want their attention span. And in people, you know, in society with television, their attention spans are very short. So this style tends to be more receptive to today's current audience that watches the product. You, I, I, I hardly doubt you will see young kids that watch today go flip on the WWE Network, and they're going to want to watch, like you said, Arn Anderson chain wrestling on WCW Worldwide Wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't see that happening. Um, and I do think that some of the story t- – I do, I do think creative has got to step up, in my opinion, personally – to have more compelling stories. I think we've seen a lot of predictability over the years. I think it's a combination of things. One, I think there might be some creative minds in, in, in WWE. I mean, some of them that, that, that write NXT, I mean, NXT's hitting a home run just about every time they're on TV on the WWE Network. People love the product because it's just it, it's simple, basic storytelling, 
but it works, you know, that, that, that wrestling fans enjoy. Um, but I do think that creative at, at, a t- at times is handcuffed. I think, you know, yes, it is his company, but Vince McMahon has the last word on a lot of things creatively, almost everything. He's got to have his name and his signature written all over it. And I think in his age, I, I don't think personally, and I could be wrong about this. I'm not, I mean, the guy's a genius for what he's done for the business up until this point. But I think in recent years, his creativity level is not at the same level that it was 25, 30 years ago. I think he's just not hip and into what people are into and how you could translate that into a professional wrestling product. His son-in-law, Triple H, certainly is by what he's been doing with NXT. And I think we're going to see some elements of that into the main roster programs, not next week, not next month, not even six months from now. We'll probably see that in a few years or over time as Vince decides he's going to slowly step away from the business. So I think it's a combination of things. But to me, the most concerning thing and the most alarming thing is that a lot of your top stars are out, and the tallest order that you have right now is selling out AT&T Stadium and eventually and, and essentially trying to break a record, a WrestleMania attendance record, okay? They want to get 100,000 people in there. And in order to do that, that's an all-hands-on-deck kind of show, which means we might see a lot more established stars or past talent come back so that they can try and fill that stadium. But knowing Vince McMahon and his track record with WrestleManias and how he's planned WrestleManias, Vince McMahon will probably pull out all the stops financially to get some people involved in hopes that he fills that stadium because it would be an embarrassment for WWE if they tried to do if they did a WrestleMania in there and you could see empty seats. I mean, it, to me, I just I, I think I, I'm not saying that WrestleMania is doomed by any stretch of the imagination, but these next few weeks, few months is going to be very interesting creatively to see what they're going to be able to bring in order to fill that stadium. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, WrestleMania is not doomed if they see be- they, if you see empty seats, but Right now, with where they're going, the direction they're going in, um, you know, with uh, Sports Center covering uh, wrestling, you know, WWE events, so covering uh, WrestleMania, trying to break an attendance record, all that stuff. And, you know, the WWE's had a, a difficult time as of late, like bringing in the, you know, the more mainstream fans. Uh, most of the fans are kind of, uh, uh, excuse the term, but on the mark uh, variation. So, I mean, uh, WrestleMania is the most uh, transcending event, the most mainstream event that they have over the course of the year. And I agree with you. It's not it's not doomed. It's not the WWE is done. Um, but it's definitely, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, potentially a black eye if it's very obvious watching the telecast that there are chunks of empty seats uh, in the arena. 347-838-9815, that is the number to call. We're going to get to your calls uh, in a little bit after the break. Uh, we're going to be fortunate enough to have Steve off from Pro Wrestling Magic to be joining us. But now, for the first time in 2016, very excited. It's time now for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Let's not wait any longer. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Day 5 50-50 News Report, the first of 2016. 
Brought to you in part by 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes right now, and you will find this show and a slew of others that delve into the art of professional wrestling talk. Now, let's get right into the let's get right into this week's news stories. Top story. PW Insider broke the news last week that New Japan Pro Wrestling talents Doc Gallows, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, Shinsuke Nakamura, and AJ Styles had all given their notice on the 4th of January, and then they would all potentially be headed to WWE. As of right now, none of the four has signed with WWE at this time. It's believed that legally, only Styles and Gallows were allowed to communicate with WWE regarding possible employment. WWE's own webpage further fueled those rumors by posting an article regarding the speculation. Styles worked his last match with New Japan last week, while Nakamura publicly stated he's leaving at the end of the month. Bullet Club's Gallows and Anderson are still slated to work several dates for both New Japan and Ring of Honor through next month. More details to follow on this story, as well as some different theories from Ken and myself regarding this blockbuster story after the news break. Cowboy James Storm returned to TNA last week in its debut on Pop TV. Storm was weighing offers recently from both TNA and WWE. Storm had left TNA over the summer of 2015 and made a few appearances on WWE's NXT weekly programming last fall. Storm revealed to Bill Apter recently that he returned to TNA basically because they offered him a better deal. Allegedly, WWE only offered Storm a contract estimated to be just under $100,000 a year. Key word there is allegedly. Reports out now state Storm has signed a two-year deal with TNA. A couple of individuals who are rumored to be out of TNA are current tag team champs Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards, the Wolves. According to a tweet by Richards last week, he indicated that anyone interested in booking the duo may do so only before May of 2016. It's rumored that TNA is looking to restructure contracts with talent, and the Wolves might be on that list indicating that Richards and Edwards' deals might, might expire by the time May rolls around. It's just purely fan speculation, but some have suggested a possible jump to WWE and the NXT brand as they look to tour frequently in 2016. And the Wolves, who have grown in popularity in recent years, do have a following to help grow that brand. The team did have a tryout at an NXT t- taping in t- 2013, but turned down deals with the company not too long after. More on this story as it develops. And courtesy of 1640's own AC from the cooldown, former Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion Matt Taven has suffered several tears in his knee, including an ACL and MCL tear, and will require not one, but two surgeries. Mr. Cooldown himself, or Daddy AC, whatever he's calling himself these days, spoke with yours truly and informed me that Taven will have to vacate the Northeast Wrestling Heavyweight title on the 30th of this month in Bethany, Connecticut, at their annual event titled Over the Top. Taven was scheduled to face former NXT talent Sammy Callahan, formerly known as Solomon Crow. Replacing Taven in that match will now be Ring of Honor's Dalton Castle. Taven confirmed his injury on his Instagram account late last week. The injury was said to have occurred during his tag title defense against War Machine at the December final battle pay-per-view. Taven worked commentary at the ROH TV tapings over the weekend. No word on if his recovery, uh, no word on his recovery time, or if he will continue a commentary role while mending the busted wheel. 
And in our final story this evening, not that we here at the Ken Reedy Show take pleasure in the misfortunes of others, because we all have been known to make a few mistakes in our lifetime. But when you become a repeated offender and you're an asshole to people who pay money to see you, in more ways than one, I might add, hashtag Skype prostitute, then I make an exception just for you. You must wonder who I'm talking about. 2011 WWE Hall of Famer. Excuse me, just lost my notes here. And self-proclaimed original diva in WWE, the official Ken Reedy Show whipping girl, Sonny. It appears that Miss Sitch has pleaded guilty to multiple DUI charges in the state of Pennsylvania, stemming from a drunk driving arrest dating back to May 30th of last year. Sitch has denied those claims on Twitter, but PW Insider has posted PDF files of court docket sheets showing Sitch's guilty pleas for all the charges pending. Sitch was pulled over in a Walmart parking lot in Mahoning Township, Pennsylvania, for driving erratically and hitting a curb with her vehicle. For her other arrests on June 1st, 2015, Sitch took a plea deal and is pleading guilty to DUI as well. Let's just say that sunny days are indeed not in her future. That is all the time I have here. Thank you all for tuning in to the best damn news report in the wrestling podcast scene, the Dave 5050 News, where I deliver the scoops that matter. Following tonight's broadcast, head on over to Facebook and search both the 1640 PWPR page and the Ken Reedy Show page where you can find a transcript of tonight's news in the event you missed anything. Ken, back to you. You know, I mean, not not to make fun, but, uh, you know, you kind of, like, I mean, at what point did you hit rock bottom? I mean, getting a, getting a DUI in a Walmart parking lot, I mean, that's, uh, you know, might be time to rethink some of your life choices. Uh, if you, you, you're going to get pulled over in a Walmart parking lot, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, and again, if not for like the uh, bad experience, I probably should be making fun. And I do actually, it's getting to the point where like, I do feel sorry for her. But at some point, you gotta, you, you gotta do something to fix things. It's, I, you know, it's, every, every time you think the stories can't get more ridiculous, they they just do with her. So uh, hopefully, at some point, she gets her life uh, squared away. But enough of that. Uh, like I said earlier in the show. Um, I was fortunate enough this past weekend to finally uh, get out there and catch a pro wrestling magic show. Uh, if you guys have not caught pro wrestling magic, be sure to get out there and uh, check one out. Great stuff, you know. Uh, you know they had ladies. Uh, they got some big guys. They got some uh, smaller guys that, that specialize, you know, on the spots. Uh, some funny spots, you know, some comedic things uh good storytelling so it's a you know it's an all-around collectively it's a it's a real real good show so you want to go check out pro wrestling is magic and uh the, the brains behind all that goes on at pro wrestling magic steve off we got him on the line tonight steve how you doing this evening ken i'm great how you doing we're doing all right. Thank you for spending a, a couple minutes with us. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just had a show this past Saturday night. Um, decent house. Uh, you guys are, are moving in in a in a real good direction. Uh, just uh, you know, for those people who don't know about wrestling is magic. I mean, I'm I'm trying to put it over here, but uh, mm-hmm. give uh, you know, it's 2016. Give us uh, your your take, your philosophy, what you're trying to do with pro wrestling magic. Well. 
when I helped out in the beginning scouting talent for this company I'm working for now, uh, I wanted a little bit of everything. And most of the investors, you know, Jimmy Noonan being the one that's featured on our shows, there's a whole board of them. Uh, he's the main one. And, you know, he knows, like, the WWE, TNA, Global Force, like, all the big companies. He doesn't really, he's not that familiar with the indie talent. So he came to me and asked me to scout. And my biggest thing was we need a little bit of everything. And I think that's, like you were just saying, that's what we got. We got big guys, small guys, medium-sized guys, funny guys, serious guys. And the women, too, you know, big, small, you know, different styles, like, all all kinds of stuff. So there's literally something for everyone on every Pro Wrestling Magic show. And, you know, now as a competitor, I've taken myself out of that equation because I just, I want to wrestle. I don't, you know, I, I helped out to start things up, but I just want to wrestle. That's all I want to do. And, I, I mean, uh, I think I might have shocked the world a little bit on Saturday, but, I mean, it is what it is. You backed into a corner. You've got to do what you got to do. If that means beating the crap out of your best friend for accidentally kicking you in the face and costing you the tag team championship, so be it. So, yeah, I mean, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, you, uh, again, you said, quote, unquote, accidentally. So, uh, mm-hmm. remains to be seen if that was an accident or not, but you, you wound up getting kicked in the mush uh, by mm-hmm. your tag team partner, which, uh, you know, turnabout is fair play. Uh, you didn't take too kindly to that. Uh, what can we see going forward now between you two? Hopefully, this kid just walks away from the company and we call it even, but I don't think he's smart enough to do that. I really don't. Uh, so if I got to beat some respect into this little punk kid, I will. I, I'm not taking anything away from his talent. He's one of the best tag team partners, maybe the best tag team partner I've ever had. But a kick in the face is a kick in the face, and that to me is, you know, grounds for what I did. And I don't apologize for it. I don't feel any kind of bad for it. I wish I didn't have to do it. If the team was going to split, I wish it didn't have to go that way. But you know what? Bottom line is no regrets at all. And I think I was a nice enough guy to walk away. I should have taken it further, honestly. But I guess that's just not the person I am. I mean, Ken, you've known me for a long time. You know it takes a lot to push me over that line. And you know what? I'm 29 years old. Do I still have a shot at making it? Yes. Do I still have a shot at making it somewhere for very long? Absolutely not. Two years tops, probably. Uh, and that's being optimistic to get myself noticed, at least. And, and I can't just stand around and have people be kicking me in the face and costing me championships. And there's no way that was an accident. That kid's greedy, who's trapped wants the spotlight all for himself. And you know what? Maybe there's the off chance I'm wrong. It's happened like three or four times in my life. But I really don't think so, Ken. I really don't think so. And, you know, where it goes from here, whether I find a new tag partner or do singles, I haven't really looked too much into it yet. I think for now I'm going to stand alone. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I hear your train, and maybe we'll, uh, we'll do the tag thing for a little bit. Just don't kick me in the face. <laughs> you got it. That's a deal. <laughs> um, you know, when I look at like you know, look at uh, pro wrestling magic. Like you said, you uh, a lot of different styles, and I and I know for you, you're a student of the sport, and and you watch mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of different styles, a lot of different um, you know, old school guys, new school guys, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm curious your thoughts. We started off the show. I mean, the, the hotbed topic right now in the WWE is, is how the injury bug has has really bit them uh, really badly. And, um, you know, we were talking uh, on the show about, you know, I know, again, student of the sport, uh, you know, you you said this, one of the guys that that influenced you a lot was Arn Anderson. And, you know, when you go back to these older styles, uh, you know, Arn Anderson could get in the ring uh, for 20 minutes and and do, you know, 
lock up hip toss and, and a suplex, and he could t- mm-hmm. he could tell you a story. He would nail the yeah. psychology. He would tell you a story. You'd be uh, in, engrossed in what he was doing in the ring. Nowadays, lots of spots, lots of crazy things. Everything's got to be, you know, out of the ring, off the top rope, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um you know, is this when you look at the injury bug and how and the rash of injuries? Um, I'm curious as far as your thought on on the business. Uh, is it time for the WWE, amongst other companies, to to rethink uh, their their style? Uh, is this style symptomatic of what's going on in society? Is it something that we you know kind of have to maintain that style for short attention spans? Um, is there a happy medium somewhere? Because it seems to be that these injuries are happening a lot, and you didn't see as many of these significant injuries in, in yesteryear. So I'm curious your thoughts on the injury bug and, and the styles going on inside the ring nowadays. It's it's funny that you say that, because like back in the day, they would work... Uh, I mean, I didn't work back in the day. I was a young kid in the 80s. But from what I understand, they were on the road. They had like 20 or 30 days off a year if they were lucky. And for that style, for them to work that often and not get injured as often. I mean, I, I get it sometimes back then. You just tape it up and go, I'm sure. And now there's like a medical staff, and you're maybe not allowed to do that. I mean, like, I don't work there. I don't know. But I, from what I read, like, that's, you know, they once you get any kind of injury, they sideline you. They check you. They make sure you're good, which is great. But, you know, back in the day, they didn't have that. So I don't know if it's so much the style change or just back then guys would just tape it up and go. I think the style has a lot to do with it, honestly. And, and I'm not I'm not crapping on it. Uh, the style is exciting. It's fast-paced. It's great. Um, but slow down and sell a little is what any seminar that I've ever done with anyone who's made a dime in this business, including the Ring of Honor seminars I've done, have told me is slow down. Slow down. Make everything mean something. Cool moves are great, but make them mean something. And I think that's what's lost today. And I'm not going to you know, mention names. A lot of guys are very good at you know doing enough to get by and, and not too much. A lot of guys do too much. And there's a lot of that are right in the middle. And that I think that right in the middle, that happy medium is what we need to do. Like, for example, like WCW had the cruiserweight division, right? That was awesome. If they had more than like two matches on a show, don't you think you would have been tired of it? Yeah. You know, like by like the fourth or fifth time, it's like, all right, dive, dive, kick, kick, don't sell, get up, do this. And, and that's all. I guess that's cool. I don't like the, uh, the the not selling thing. I'm I'm old school like that. I'm probably dating myself with this whole thing, but you know that, that's. That's just the way it is. You got to find a happy medium if you're going to make it and last. Like, sure, you do all these impressive moves and stuff, and and uh, you know, look at Neville, look at his indie stuff where he did all these cool moves, and look at him now where yeah, he's still doing cool stuff. He's still a phenomenal talent, but he's clearly not doing like every single move that he knows in every match because you got to save your body, and it's not about dogging it or giving it less than 100. percent I'm not saying that, but. You know, just find that middle ground where you give it 100%, but maybe you hit three or four of your top moves instead of all, like, 20 of them. And I don't have 20. I've got, like, six. But, you know, I'm just saying in general. You know, and then there's shows where you risk it all. You know, ROH pay-per-view, WWE pay-per-view, TNA pay-per-view. But if you do that, you know, Global Force pay-per-view when they get it, New Japan. But, like, when when you do it on every indie show, you're, you know, we got so many little notches on our bump card, as I call it. And uh, I believe it was Julio De Niro told me this. You've got to be careful with your bumps. Save them. Make them mean something. You know, take a bump when you have to. Don't be lazy, but don't overdo it because, you, you know, you're just going to burn out the crowd by, like, the fifth match. 
the latest. <laughs> Steve, speaking of guys who take risks, uh, I mm-hmm. mentioned in my report earlier about uh, AJ Styles, possibly a Bullet Club invasion into WWE. Bullet Club seems to be the 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 hottest commodity in wrestling in recent in the past you know year and a half, two years mm-hmm. or so. Um, give me your thoughts, your take on the potential of those you know the members of the Bullet Club as well as Shinsuke Nakamura and what they can provide if they potentially were to sign with WWE. What do you what do you envision um realistically what they're going to do and what you would like to see them do if they were to sign with WWE? Uh realistically, I see if they put the Bullet Club together, whether they call it Bullet Club, Balor Club, whatever they're going to call it, that is going to make them a truckload of money and then some, I think. because uh, it made money in New Japan and you know, I love that stuff. I watch pretty much every major company and a lot of indies too, and, and not everyone does that, but they still were like, oh, Bullet Club's so cool, Bullet Club's so cool. You know, of course they're going to make money in WWE with that if, you know, if they go that route, which I'm sure, you know, they're not stupid. I'm sure they're going to go that route and put them all together, at least the four of them, you know, Styles, Gallows, Anderson, Balor. That's that's money. That's money. Why would you set fire to money when you have it in your hand? You know, I don't think they would. They're number one for a reason, you know. Uh, Nakamura, um, I hope he does well. I think he has the potential to. I know he's fluent in English, so that can help him. Um, I haven't heard many of his promos in English, though. I just I know he speaks the language. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think talent-wise and charisma-wise, he's better or as good as anybody there or anywhere right now. Uh, personally, one of my top five favorites to watch right now. But I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see how he does in, in WWE. All right. That being said, rumors have come out, and like I said, rumors, grain, grain of salt, that if Styles mm-hmm. and Nakamura were to sign, the two of them would immediately go to the main roster. Do you see yeah, them I mean, flourishing in the main roster, or would you rather see them start out in NXT where the NXT audience, which is basically essentially independent wrestling fans, if you, if you, if, you know, you want to coin a phrase, they're indie fans, would receive them better than main roster, casual, mainstream WWE wrestling fans? That's a tough question. Um, I mean, I think the Bullet Club guys, you would have to kind of fast track to the main roster, especially with all the injuries going on. You know, you need, I'm not saying put them in the main event of WrestleMania, not that any one of them could handle that, but like half your main talent is like hurting and, and you know, if Orton makes it back, I'm not sure. I'm hearing conflicted things. I don't really read the internet that much, so I don't know what the latest is. But last I heard, a lot of the top talent was out. Why wouldn't you fast-track the Bullet Club into at least a mid-card kind of feud? Maybe something with Ambrose or something like that. If they're going to be baby faces, something with uh, Sheamus's group. you know. And, and I'm not playing armchair booker. I'm sure whatever they have planned is awesome. But I'm just saying, why wouldn't you do something like that? I'm sure they will. Uh, Nakamura? I could see him going to NXT first. Like he's been in the business a long time. He's been all over the world. I think he's done some MMA type stuff too. And like, why wouldn't you put a guy down there that the guys can learn from and, you know, maybe give him the belt for a little bit, bring that belt's value up and then have him move up. I'm not saying he couldn't hang on the main roster instantly, but I'm just, I'm not sure. Like I'm a fan of his and everyone I know that watches new Japan is a fan of his and thinks he's phenomenal, but I don't know about the casual fan. I don't know if he's going to need some, you know, work to get over. 
and of course that'll work because he's phenomenal, like I said. But I don't know. I mean, I would definitely think about at least giving him a run in NXT first with the belt, make him the top guy, and then move him up shortly after that. Not a very long run. Fair enough. Hey, fair enough. So many. Anybody... Oh, sorry. Good. Good. One, one more question. Anybody else from New Japan that you could potentially see signing with WWE in the not too distant future? Anybody that comes um, to mind other than the, the four men before I mentioned? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if any will. I know as far as like talent and all that, uh, Kazuchika Okada is. Uh, I uh, I stole his move at the moment for my finisher, the Rainmaker because I'm not very creative. Um, and I, I didn't change the name out of respect to him. But I think that's a guy who, you know, I read an interview with him not too long ago that says he doesn't want to go to America. He wants to stay in New Japan. That could change. Uh, just off the top of my head, Kushida, too, current uh, junior heavyweight champ over there. And Alex Shelley, I'd love to see him get a run. I mean, pretty much anybody over there could. But those are like the three guys that I'd really, really like to see. Uh, and Kenny Omega, too. Holy crap. And I forget about him. You know, those four guys I could really see making a lot of money in the States. But at the same time, why would you, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Why would you leave where you're at if you're making good money and, you know, working on the top or at least the middle of the card? But those four guys I could definitely see getting over well here are in WWE. Cool stuff. And as, you know, we head into 2016 and so many, you know, interesting things that that could occur in, in the world of pro wrestling and I'd like to shift back a, a little bit, uh, back to, uh, first off, two more questions I, I got for you. Um, mm-hmm. As far as pro wrestling magic, uh, and again, a new year, uh, I'm curious, Is there are there any um, up-and-comers, any young guys that you're looking at um, as far as on the pro, re, pro wrestling magic roster that uh, you can see some big things uh, in the, the upcoming year? Uh, well, Juan Francisco de Coronado, our current champion, is uh, currently working for Chikara as well, which I can definitely... I mean, he's he's in a pretty good spot. I can see him becoming their grand champion, which is what they call their, their world title, or, you know, one-third of the trio's champions, having a belt there, being a main event guy. I mean, he's already pretty close to that, from what I understand. I don't have much access to Chikara's stuff. I really got to get on that, because uh, it's like the one major indie company I don't really follow too closely, which I really want to. Um, him, Dave Davis, the turned-up titan, the turned-up superstar, whatever you want to call him. Um, the crowd erupted. There was a We did a thing where there was Ecuadorian rules with Juan Francisco's kind of thing, and uh, top rope maneuvers are a DQ. Dave Davis dives off the top rope, crossbody, one, two, three. President announces that uh, it's a disqualification. The crowd went nuts for both decisions. That kind of connection to a crowd that just met you maybe a few months ago, and that's being optimistic, saying it's the exact same people going from town to town, that's talent. And he doesn't have to do a bunch of flips, a bunch of spots. I'm sure he can. He's very athletic. But that's a guy that's probably going to make it somewhere. I'm not saying WWE is not the tallest guy. It could happen. Maybe TNA, maybe WWE, maybe Japan, maybe ROH. I definitely see him making something if he chooses to go that route, which I'm assuming he would. I mean, obviously, I would say myself, but, you know, that's kind of selfish, so I'll skip over that. Who's Traplash? Personal differences recently aside, and his small stature aside, that's a guy I could see because he's got the passion for it, and he's very talented. I could definitely see him making money somewhere, and if he's if he doesn't, I'd be shocked. Um, I mean, everyone on the show has the potential to do that, but those are the three that really stand out in my mind. 
Very cool. And, and we'll, we'll we'll shift to you. What where can we see? Oh, and uh, Ricky Martinez too. Ricky Martinez, you got to throw him in there too. I completely forgot. He's uh, he just did extra stuff for WWE, and I believe he was at the TNA tapings. I'm not sure if he did anything or not. I uh, read he had a dark dark match somewhere. I don't know if that's accurate. So those four guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. So where are we going to see Steve off, and and when is Wrestling and Magic coming back? Uh, you'll see me the first Friday of every month for D2W Pro Wrestling. Once winter is over, because my car uh, does not do well in the cold, I'm going to try to start getting out on the road and traveling more. The problem is nobody that I'm friends with wants to ever friggin' ride with me. I used to have a crew. We'd go to West Virginia two, three times a month, at least break even. But, you know, looking to start doing that again. i still got some contacts there in Maine. You know, we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping to travel a little bit more. There's a lot in this area. But, you know, if you're well-known in one area, that's cool. If you're well-known in a couple different areas, that's even better. And as far as pro wrestling magic goes, um, last I heard from the office, they don't have a date signed yet, but they are talking with three different venues, uh, Cliffside Park, New Milford, and I honestly forget the other one. Uh, Cliffside Park will probably be late March, early April. Uh, New Milford would probably be in May. And you can check out WrestlingIsMagic.com or Pro Wrestling Magic on Facebook or me, Steve Off, on Facebook. And the second that some kind of contract is signed for any kind of event at all, wrestling event, autograph signing, come watch a pay-per-view with us, anything, whatever it is, you'll hear about it there. Very cool, Steve. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us tonight. Uh, All the best. Happy New Year. And look forward to seeing you in the ring again soon. Absolutely. Look forward to getting in the ring with you one day. Thanks for having me on, guys. Definitely. Take it easy, man. All right, you too. Bye-bye. There you have it. Who knows? Maybe someday either I'm standing across the ring from Steve Off or maybe I'm teaming up with him. But uh, cool stuff. Great stuff from Steve. You know, he's, uh, again, student of the game. Uh, interesting talking to him about the uh, rash of injuries. And, uh, you know, when you talk philosophies, there's probably a happy medium somewhere that, uh, you know, you're probably looking at um, – you know, at least a change, and not maybe not a radical change, but a change in uh, philosophies. Interesting stuff talking about uh, AJ Styles and uh, the Bullet Club potentially coming to the WWE. And you know, it's interesting, Dave, because uh, you know when you have you know a hiatus and you start thinking about things, and uh, the, the mode of thinking uh, with AJ Styles and the Bullet Club and and everything, uh, you know, it, it's always you know. Well, Vince didn't didn't uh, make the make this individual, so uh, they're going to start him off at the bottom and, and build them. And you know, I do. I, I you know, I started thinking about. It, I'm like, it's just you know, that's such an antiquated philosophy by the WWE. I understand why they did it, but um, there, you know, I, I remember it, and I hated them. And I said, I'm a Yankee hater, and I'll put it out there. But the Yankees, when they were like outspending everybody in baseball by, like, hundreds of millions. They treated the rest of Major League Baseball almost like their triple-A affiliate. And they would go and, if, if uh, you know, the best player, hey, look, Giambi's the best player on the A's. We'll go and buy him. You know, oh, the best player on the Diamondbacks is Randy Johnson. We'll buy him, too. We'll just go and buy the best player on every team, and that will put together our team. And that's what they did. And, I get it. If you're a Yankee fan, you love that because they're putting an all-star team out on the field. As a Met fan, I, I hated them. But the thing is, like, when I look at the WWE sometimes and this whole philosophy of, you know, if I, if I didn't make the guy, then he's got to start off. It's almost like if the Yankees during that time period went out 
and and bought like the, the big free agent on the market in the offseason and then made him ride the bench. You know, we're not going to start you just yet because because you didn't come up through our system. So right now we're going to let, let Joe Schmo, who just got elevated from AAA, uh, play for a bit until you earn your keep, and then we'll put you out on the field. And, and it just seems like an antiquated way of, of looking at things. I don't know what they're going to do, but the level of popularity with the Bullet Club, um, whether you put them against the uh, Seamus' faction or the authority or something with that, I, I just think, you know, put them to the top of the class. you got a depleted roster. Uh, the injuries are all over the place. It would, you know, we're dying for something fresh in the WWE. Um, to me, I get what you're saying. And when you said to Steve, you know, get them in NXT, get their feet wet there, and then bring them up. But to me, the popularity is there. Why not just uh, roll the dice? I would elevate uh, Samoa Joe at this point. Um, but I just, I, I don't know, Dave. I just started thinking about that whole idea of uh, if Vince didn't make them, then don't put them on the main roster. And right now, no other company is touching the WWE. Uh, nobody's going to look at AJ Styles on the main roster and think, oh, well. I guess TNA is superior company because this guy came from TNA and he's awesome. So I'm going to, you know, I, I respect TNA more than the WWE. It's just silly right now. Take the best talent, use all the best talent, rape and pillage all the other promotions, take their best talent, but don't bury them. Throw them up there on the main roster. Uh, that would solve your problem as far as uh, something fresh, something new, and, and the depleted roster. Your thoughts, Dave? It's twofold here, okay? Let's go back, revisionist history here. You just said it earlier. WWE has a history, and management, Vince McMahon in particular, has a history of taking individuals that they didn't necessarily make into a star, and I wouldn't say they put them at the bottom of the barrel, but they didn't exactly accentuate the positives that helped got the, get them over and popular outside of WWE. WWE tried to say, okay, well, we'll turn that guy, okay, he was a star over here in, in WCW or, or wherever, we'll make him a star again our way, okay? They've, done, they, they've made attempts to do that with a lot of guys over there. Some, some cases have worked, some haven't. They've reinvented some guys in some way. They've added different layers and dimensions to their characters in some way. Has, they, has some of it been good? Yes. Some of it's also been bad, too. They've, but they do have a history of taking things that they didn't, create and not using it to the full potential. Here's a perfect argument, the NWO. When they were going to bring back the NWO in 2002, the original three, Hogan, Hall, and Nash, I was going gaga over it to see the NWO against The Rock, against Austin, Triple H, The Undertaker, all these big dream matchups everybody been waiting for. Okay, we did get to see Hogan and Rock. That was cool, Okay and some injuries and things changed. But the NWO was just basically, after about like two weeks, felt like it was just, it was already on the roster. You know what I mean? It didn't feel special. didn't feel like a big deal. Okay? Ric Flair, when he arrived in, in the 90s in WWE, he felt like a big deal because he came over with the NWA World Heavyweight title. But once that title was gone and he won the World Wrestling Federation Championship, yeah, he was still a big deal, but not as big as he was before because he came over with the NWA World Heavyweight title. Bullet Club, on the other hand, I think that's what 
you know, in recent years, I think that's what NXT is doing now. They're taking indie guys and they are using their 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 positives and their strengths as to what got them over on the indie scene, but they're in some ways, I guess, fine-tuning it in their own way. I mean, that, I, guess, I guess you could say that's what NXT is for. NXT is a, is a hybrid. It's its own brand. It's completely separate from the main roster. And I think it's going to get to a point where in about a year it's going to be so big that it's going to – people – I wouldn't say people are going to shit on it, but people are going to be like, it's going to lose that mystique, that special feeling. Now, taking guys like AJ, Nakamura, and the other Bullet Club members and, and – and putting them either on the main roster or on NXT is just going to help for both, okay? It's just depending on what's needed more. You're trying to build NXT and turn it into a, a full touring entity, okay? And you're trying to appeal. WWE is trying to appeal to all wrestling fans, casual, hardcore, indie fans. Now with NXT, putting these guys on NXT and, and helping establish towns and become a full touring entity Putting them there is going to be extremely helpful. AJ and the Bullet Club, it's widely popular. But at the same time, you put those guys on the main roster as Bullet Club or Balor Club or whatever with Finn Balor, because eventually he's going to get called up. I mean, you gotta, you're going to make a lot of money there too. So it just depends on what's needed more, main roster or the NXT brand. But it, it, to me, I just hope that they use them to their, their strengths and their abilities and they don't try to water it down um, from what I'm hearing, rumors are is that they've refiled for the Balor Club trademark. So we could potentially see these guys. I don't know if it's AJ. Maybe it will be uh, Anderson and Gallows uh, joining Balor. I don't know if, if that's going to be either in NXT or on the main roster. But um, a report I heard recently, too, is that you know Balor's kind of in that middle position. They need him to help establish NXT while they put the brand on the road, but at the same time, he's 36 years old. You don't want to kill his body before putting him on the main roster, and then they don't have enough. They didn't get enough out of him on the main roster. So there's there's some decisions they have to make, but I think what was great was the WWE acknowledged it on their own website because they wanted to try and detract. Um, news and traffic from the dirt sheets and put it on their page and the fact that they acknowledged it and used New Japan Pro Wrestling and Bullet Club and referred to all these guys by their their current gimmicks and names it's a sign for me that I think that they're going to that they see that there's positives in these guys and the talent that they have and they're going to use it for their full potential hopefully whether it's main roster or NXT. And that's the thing, man, as we're talking about tonight, we're talking about the rash of injuries and what's been going on in the WWE, and we're, we're looking at creative and what's going to happen moving forward. Is it you're looking for something fresh and new? Could this be the thing that's fresh and new to, to at least set apart uh, this WrestleMania season uh, and make it feel like it's, it's something really special? 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Let's go out to the phones. You guys have been really, really patient out there. Let's get Rocky on board. Rocky, how you doing this evening? Doing good, guys. How's your new year? Very good. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you, and uh, thank you for being patient. What do you got for us? No problem, guys. You, you covered a lot of ground today. It's obviously a new year, a lot of ground to cover. Uh, especially uh, talking about the injuries, talking about the both WrestleMania. What can they do? Uh, to go to uh, Dave point, uh, Dave's point that he was talking about before, 
about bringing the Ballor Club or Bullet Club, whatever you want to term it at this point. Um, I think, obviously, it's a smart move by the WWE. I definitely agree that uh, acknowledging it created buzz throughout the uh, Internet wrestling community. And when you think about it, especially if uh, WWE is looking to set an attendance record in April, put, you know, we're, we're talking about the build-up to WrestleMania. And let, let's face it, it's WrestleMania. It's not just another pay-per-view. You can't just try to do the build. You know, so many times you've talked about they're doing these builds like the take-home show is when they just start to put effort into this build. If you want to put a bill for WrestleMania, if you want to make buzz, you want to set attendance records, you got to start churning this stuff out now. And upping the, you know, upping the ante, upping the interest of the viewers now with, uh, with acquisitions like that, I think that, you know, they're starting off on the right foot. Are they going to do right by them on the shows? That remains to be seen. But I think it definitely has potential to uh, help them elevate uh, the, the, that WrestleMania attendance record to go after it in a serious way. Um, going to the uh, the injuries that you guys were uh, pointing out before as far as uh, the injury bug despite the WWE, I definitely have to say I'm going to – give you three examples of where the style is really hurting them. And two examples are come from one person. That would be Seth Rollins. One, Seth Rollins with, with Kane when he injured himself, and the other, Seth Rollins with Sting when he injured Sting. Now, going back to your point before, Ken, if you, if you go for an old-school mindset, looking at the match that he had with Kane, A, Rollins has no business trying to powerbomb somebody like Kane. It is completely a mismatch of styles, really made no sense. And, you know, to to Kane's defense, it was obviously a freak accident. No one could have called it. You know, uh, Rollins just came down wrong. But in reality, he shouldn't have been trying that move in the first place. Now, to go to uh, the other example, Rollins versus Sting, Obviously, you know, Sting with his age, is that really the kind of guy you want to be, you know, giving a turnbuckle powerbomb to? Uh, again, not the smartest play. Now, Sting, I, I think Sting in all subsequent interviews say, look, you know, he did nothing wrong. And he, he didn't do anything wrong per se. But if we were talking about an old school match, would we have really seen that spot in the card? Uh, don't think so. And my my third example is to argue for the old school style because, like you said, Ken, if you look at styles and how they've evolved, and I think uh, Steve made a couple of good points, how styles have evolved into a faster, more action-packed style to keep the you know keep the attention of the crowds. I, in my in my opinion, it's a it's all about storytelling. If you can tell a story, then you do not need, you know, you don't need three flips off the top rope onto some dude on a table on the floor. You don't. You, you can tell the story. You, you can use simple tool, tools to tell it. And the match that I'm going to use is an ECW, an EC, set of ECW matches of Dean Malenko 
and Eddie Guerrero. Obviously, two great technicians in the ring, two lighter, faster-paced wrestlers. But in reality, they used a lot of training. They used a lot of skill. And really, the craziest move you, you had from Eddie Guerrero was the, the, the frog splash off the top rope. I think the the evolution of the style, I think the WWE definitely needs to take a seat because the 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 schedule they put these guys through it's it's a, it's an odds game it's a numbers game eventually it's going to happen the question is when and you keep on utilizing these guys day in and day out day in and day out and have them wrestle this high impact high fast paced style injuries are going to happen and it just so happens that you know they all converged at the same time into what it is at this point in time yeah, I mean, you bring up a lot of good points. And, uh, you know, the one thing that, you know, I think there's a place for, for everything. Um, but, but you know, not not all the time. And, you know, like Steve said, uh, you know, on a pay-per-view, you know, you pull out all the stops. Um, you know, one of the shows that I really enjoy, and I, I work the shows, I do merch, and uh, part of the reason I'm involved in the shows because I, I – I just love the show so much. Like I'll, I'll do anything just to be involved. And that's Tommy Dreamer's HOH. And one of the things I really like about, you know, his shows is, you know, he really has a, a perfect mix of, you know, there's a match that's going to be a spot fest. There's a match that's going to be comedy. Uh, there, there's ladies. Uh, there's a match that's going to be a, a, a kind of an old school kind of, uh, you know, chaining vibe to it. There's going to be a, a, you know, reminiscent of ECW match. So he'll give you all these styles, which uh, is, is great for, you know, all fans. And you get a really, uh, uh, you know, a collective there going to see those shows. Um, you know, again, to, to Steve's point when he said, you know, the, the w, in WCW, those cruiserweights, and they were. The cruiserweight matches were awesome. And they'd really get the crowd popping. The, the crowd would be hot after those matches. But if you saw that, if that was like the entire card, um, you'd get bored after a while. So I, you know, again, I think there's there's a mixture somewhere along the line, and I'm not I'm not a genius. I'm not saying I have necessarily the answer, but I do think it's something that the WWE needs to look at with this this rash of injuries. And you're right with certain guys. I mean, the storytelling was there uh, between Sting and Rollins uh, that maybe you know again an older guy maybe that move was was unnecessary. And, and to my point, when you when you're telling stories, you know. Uh, again, you know, when you have Sting and Rollins, you know, uh, Rollins just, uh, you know, throws Sting, uh, you know, old, just typical, like a nice little throw into the stairs uh, outside the ring, and Sting comes up with, with blood coming out of his forehead. Uh, to me, that, that would tell a story more than the powerbomb uh, into the turnbuckle. And uh, so, I mean, those those sort of things. Now, I think uh, using the turnbuckle for uh, the turnbuckle, the uh, power bomb for uh, guys that are closer to Rollins' size, uh, you know, maybe that's something that uh, he can have in his repertoire. So, again, he's not doing the same thing every match. Uh, the injury with Kane probably was a wear and tear. Probably, you know, probably didn't all go right there. He probably had, uh, you know, the knee was weakened in some way, shape, or form, and getting Kane up there was uh, – the definitive in injury. So uh, I, I think they're all excellent points as far as uh, looking at your style and, and really looking at that aspect of, of telling that story and how uh, 
you know, everybody on the roster could probably uh, stand to do uh, some better storytelling without getting uh, crazy as far as the spots. Lots of stuff what Rocky said, uh, Dave. I kind of want your reaction as well. Uh, your thoughts to everything Rocky had uh, put on the table. Well, I, I like I said earlier to you, and, you know, it seems Rocky feels the same way. Like, I agree. I think the style needs to be toned down a little bit with the injuries that have been taking place. Um, you know, agreeing a lot with what Steve said, that middle ground, middle of the road. Um, I mean, really, it's self-explanatory. I mean, what, like I said, it, it goes to what I said earlier, too, the attention span of wrestling fans as well. Um, I think it's very important to note here that uh, they want quick results, fast, boom, boom. Um, they want excitement, bang for your buck, and they will let you know if it's not as exciting. Um, and I think the attention span of, of fans and to up the ante with storylines and with matches and stipulations and things like that, um, you know, goes back to the days of the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars where they were competing for practically life and death you know, on television each Monday night, and the, the, the stakes were raised each and every week by both companies and what they would do and what the talent would do to to, 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 to pop a rating, to be the number one wrestling program. Um, and I think because we we saw so much of that stuff permeated into today's product, not necessarily all the crazy stunts and the, and the, and the, the, the content not being PD, but just the just the overall, like, like I said, lack of attention span from the audience, and they want results fast. And you know, some some people and they're you know, to WWE's credit, last year, okay, they put Roman Reigns out there as a baby face. The audience didn't like it. They saw right through it, okay. But to WWE's credit, they stuck with the course on how they wanted to build Reigns, and look where he's at now. He gets a pretty overwhelming positive reaction right now okay the audience didn't like that they wanted the story to be changed but they didn't let the story continue my point is is that i think a lot of times they really cater too much to the audience and they're afraid of the backlash um and when i and and, you know the reigns thing is a perfect example uh, of that is that they well well we did this oh we can't do that because the audience isn't going to like it do you listen to the audience to a degree yes you do but at the same time you're also trying to tell a story too the audience doesn't want to go through with the story then they shouldn't watch the show plain and simple okay so that's my take on the style i think that you know they do need to wrestling in general needs to be presented in a different way i believe i think the way it's been presented in the past 15 years i think i think it's getting old i think it's getting tired Okay, I think they need to take something that's that, that's relevant in pop culture and try and incorporate that into the product, but present it in a different way. And I have said it before on the show, and I'll say it again. I think Lucha Underground does something very unique and different, where they present pro wrestling at a, a, with a different look and a different feel to it, and in a different manner. But it's but it, it, it's catching on. It's got a following, and I think WWE needs to do something like that. Not necessarily in the context of what Lucha Underground does, but along the same lines of just a different kind of presentation. Same old, same old. It's been done before, you know? So I think that's what's hurting in today's product, not just with WWE, but with pro wrestling in general. And uh, before you let me go, guys, uh, just one last thing I want to ask. I know that uh, Sting was named to the Hall of Fame earlier today, and kudos to him. I was wondering, uh, before I go, 
if you guys had one name that you could put in the Hall of Fame, who would it be at this point? Uh, that's a that's a good question. The name, you know, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna actually think about it. The name that just popped into my head is is Rick Rude. So Rick Rude would be my choice. How about you, Dave? Owen Hart. I, I, I honestly, the, the name that was in my head was Rick Rude as well. I'm wondering if oh, this yeah. year is the year. Hope so. I mean, he deserves it. And again, I, I get it with the WWE. You don't want to have too many guys that have passed on. So I think they kind of. Try to sprinkle, uh, you know, one in uh, per class. But uh, Rick Rude, definitely deserving of uh, Hall of Fame honors. Good stuff, Rocky. Thanks a lot for the call. I'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Take care. Take it easy, brother. Thanks, Rocky. Good stuff from Rocky. Let's go back out of the phones as we're uh, getting down to the end of the show. But uh, let's get Mikey on the line. Mike, Happy New Year. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Happy New Year. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd be very careful if I was you, um, Ken, even talking about Steve Off being your part, your tag team partner after what he did to host Trap Lash, um, this uh, you know this weekend at Pro Wrestling Magic's event. Uh, yeah, you know I, I saw what he did to him, and uh, you know, but he, he did get kicked in the mouth. So uh, as long as I don't kick yeah, him in the mouth, yeah, it was an accident. It was an accident, though. It was a you know, it wasn't DC. He's, he's not doing this. Uh, He's not doing this on purpose. I mean, it's uh, it's ridiculous. You know, he needs to to watch what he does. I mean, it it, it was a mistake. But um, to say to call who strapless strapless a um, a traitor is ridiculous. Especially that Steve Wolf comes on my show Thursday night, pro wrestling now with Mike Ferrara. He gives me a great interview. I ask him what's going on with him and strapless. He tells me they're going to win the title, and then come to find out, okay, he got kicked in the face, but uh, Steve Austin. did. But now he beats up two straps left, left and a referee. This is not the Steve Austin that I know. I don't know what's going on. I might have to make a trip out the jer- – oh, wait a second. I have helicopters outside my window again. Every time I talk about Steve Austin, helicopters come outside my window. I think Bob Arian's trying to get me. But anyway, I think Steve Ross is a little paranoid, um, and and that's what I think. I think that, that he needs to settle down, cooler heads need to prevail, and I think I have to make a trip out to Jersey to talk to Steve because this is ridiculous. Well, you, you may you may just. Um, but we're talking, you know, 2016, we're in the rumble season. Uh, consequently, rumble season uh, equates to WrestleMania season. Uh what are your thoughts on Sting uh, being the first member of the 2016 Hall of Fame? Crying like a baby, I can tell you that much. I'm I'm crying today when I saw the news. I got choked up today. Very emotional day for me, um, and uh, it's just one of those one of those uh, things. Sting is a great wrestler. Sting was always the top guy. If you wanted to make it in WCW, you had to go through Sting. Sting was the guy. Before you guys were talking about characters, I remember Vinny Vegas in WCW. I remember, I remember uh, Oz, you know, Vinny Vegas and Oz. And I remember the and I remember all these all these other gimmicks. And then he came to WWE, and it fit like a glove. Shawn Michaels found Diesel and Diesel Power, and he went to be WWE champion. What uh, WWF champion? Would I have seen Vinny Vegas in WCW be a champion? No. Oz, no. But he stepped up to the plate, 
and Kevin Nash found his niche in WWE, and I thought they did a great job with Diesel. And the WWF was running on Diesel Power for quite some time. Um, but going back to the Hall of Fame, this year I'd like to see Rick Rude get in the Hall of Fame, and I'd like to see Michael P.S. Hayes get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, a good call on Michael P.S. Hayes. Uh, yeah, definitely another guy deserving of going into the Hall of Fame. Oh. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like uh, either him or the, or the Freebirds collectively will go in this year. They, they, I mean, fabulous Freebirds. They tore up Texas. They had very great feuds with the Von Erichs, I mean, which you could watch on the network for nine ninety nine. I mean, we talked about, you know, we talked about all this uh, stuff. But, you know, Ken, I have something to talk to you about. You have a show coming up in April for IWF. You have a show on April 16th. I might have to talk to you about being coming to town and getting some tickets from you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're we're pretty pumped. It's uh, IWF's big show of the year, and it's to benefit uh, the Nutley Relay for Life. So uh... It's their WrestleMania. It, it, it honestly it is. It's it's their their biggest show of the year. Uh it is uh if you want to equate it that way, it definitely is IWF's uh WrestleMania and uh yeah, I'm gonna be training my ass off uh to you, get on you, that card and uh you know. Yeah, put I on hope a so. You have a fat boy. You have a four, uh, one of our fat boys, Biggie Biggs. Well I'm sure will be on that card. Biggie Biggs is a great great guy, wrestles for IWF. I love Biggie, he's like a brother to me. And uh, I got to come down and say hey to those guys. And also, I, I found out Tito Santana is going to be there, and I love Tito. Yes, Tito Tito's going to be on the card. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Uh, I mean, Arriba. Yeah. I'm excited. Arriba. I'm excited for Tito. I love Tito. He's one of my one of my favorites of all time. And I would love to see you wrestle, Ken. I can't wait, man. I, I hope you get on that card. I'm sure you'll make it. I mean, you're you're a great, you're a good wrestler. And I'm sure you'll do great. I mean, you you, you know, like like IWF said, you're trying something new. You're behind the mic, but now you're in the ring, and, and you're learning what it takes to get in the ring. So my hat's off to you. I respect everything that you do. Hey, Dave, what do you think about this whole thing? What do you think about Sting being in the whole thing? I think he deserves it. He's done a lot in the, in the, in the industry. Um yeah, very very well deserved. I I do agree with you. I think the Freebirds need to go in. Um, you know, I I would imagine that this is the this is the year. If it doesn't happen this year, it's not going to happen at all, just because of the 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 history they have in Texas with the Von Erichs. Um, Rick Rude actually has some history in Dallas. He got his big start down in uh, World Class. If some of you don't remember, so we may see Rick Rude go into the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, some other names have been rumored. Vader, Vader's been rumored. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be a good class this year, but I, I do think that there's still one more huge name that's going to headline. I don't think Sting's going to be the headliner. I think there's one more huge name that's going to headline. How about Taker? How about Undertaker? I was just, I was just going to say that. I think Undertaker's going to headline. If they want a huge name to sell out the Hall of Fame, because tickets go on sale this Friday for the Hall of Fame. If they want a huge name to sell out the Hall of Fame, it's Undertaker. Mm. 
I'm hey, not saying uh, speaking, that of the under, speaking of Undertaker, I heard Undertaker was supposed to wrestle John Cena. Yes, that is and correct. They, I heard they scrapped that. Who do you think they're going to get now to wrestle Undertaker? Uh, I have a possible. I, I have a feeling it might be a younger guy um, to give to, to to for Taker to give that rub to. Um, yeah, I, I I don't have a I have a few guesses, but. I think it could be Owens. I think it could be uh, Wyatt again. But I, I I really don't know. What about Sting? Is Sting healthy? Do we know anything about him? Is he, is he all right? Because what if they decide to bring Sting in to wrestle Undertaker? No, I, I, I totally hear you. If Sting's healthy, I'm sure that they've entertained that thought because of the injuries. Do you right, remember when you were a kid? Time, you remember? So. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. No, that's no Michael, just saying. We're short on time. We're going to have to let you go. Uh, but definitely give us a call next week. Good stuff. Good talking okay, about Okay, no problem. I'll talk to you guys later. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Take it easy, brother. Uh, and some good stuff from Mike. Yeah, I mean, Dave, I think it's like, you know, with about a minute and a half left, uh, heading into the Hall of Fame season, the Hall of Fame, the WrestleMania season, uh, Brock, Lesnar back tonight. Uh, I guess they'll, you know, they'll report that it was leaked on WWE.com that Sting uh, is uh, going in the Hall of Fame. But uh, hopefully it, it is setting up for a decent Raw. 23 years of Monday Night Raw tonight. Hoping we get a good Raw. But Dave, it is officially the start of the WrestleMania season. Yes, it is. And because of the way things have transpired with injuries, it's going to be very, like I said, I'm very interested in the creative path that they're going to take in order to fill that stadium. And next week we'll talk more about the, the the huge stipulation with the Royal Rumble with now the WWE Championship being on the line in the match, which I think is pretty cool. We'll get more into that next week. Great show tonight. Great show. Again, we have to thank uh, Steve All for giving us a few minutes, uh, his insight in the world of pro wrestling. Check out Pro Wrestling Magic. Again, that is Pro Wrestling Magic. Uh, Check out their their shows when they're coming around again. Thank you to our callers. Uh, Calling in, bringing great stuff. Lots of stuff to talk about again as we get into this WrestleMania season. Heading towards the Royal Rumble. Lots of stuff to talk about moving forward. Be sure to join us next week at 6.30. And as always, our pay-per-view shows. And there's a pay-per-view we'll get on uh, right beforehand, 6 to 8 p.m. to give you a pre-game show. And if you want to see me potentially get my ass kicked, Check out IWF, CampIWF.com to get tickets. We'll be wrestling this Saturday night. For Dave, I am Ken. Thank you for tuning in. Good night, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.